Welcome back, everybody. We are here. The boys are here. We are back in town for another college football preview show. I know that we skipped last week. You guys missed us. We had a lot going on, but we're here, man. We're going to give you all the action, all the breakdowns for week eight of the college football season. Not too much going on, but you know what, Dylan? We're going to make it extra spicy, man. How are you doing on this fine Thursday night, brother? Spectacular, uh, in my opinion, or at least in the city of Nashville. Uh, the weekend starts on Thursday. I am off tomorrow, so everyone knows that those nights where you're off the next day just hit incredibly different. I've poured myself a glass of local whiskey. I am also about to start enjoying the, and get this, Rob, a hockey game, a baseball game, and a football game. How can you not love October right now? Dude, I love it. I love October. Like just the fact that I'm not sweating my butt off every time I go outside and take my dogs out. You know, I can smell the cold in the air. I can smell the football in the air. I can smell the fall. I can smell the pumpkin spice. Dylan, you're a big pumpkin spice guy, aren't you? No, my <laughs> seasonal fall, uh, I guess, weakness would be uh, Malbecs. Uh, for those that are trying to get into wine or those that really love wine, uh, Malbecs are a tremendous fall vino. Okay. Well, man, I am not a big vino guy. I do enjoy a nice craft beer once in a while. I would love to sit down and have a whiskey with you, Dylan. If we can ever link up, maybe we go to Nash, Vegas, you know, where you live and and we hit the town, man. It'd be sweet to do oh, a podcast you know, in person. You're welcome, sir. Yeah, absolutely. That's what the listeners deserve. They deserve for us to just be in the same room just so they can hear exactly how wrong you can be at time <laughs> to time. And they can really understand that, you know, the, the struggles that Justin and I, and don't get me wrong, I'm wrong as well. So is Justin, but they can hear every bit of our negativity and just turn it into good vibes. Listen, I'm not wrong, Dylan. I just make really, really bad gambling picks, okay? Really bad picks. If you faded me to start out the year, you'd probably have like a 70% uh, return on your investment, folks. So, you know, do the opposite of me. Oh, and for the record, I wanted to state this. Somebody pointed out to me, Dylan. They said, you know, are you worried about somebody getting in trouble gambling? I wasn't until they put that seed in my head. So, folks, this is just for fun. We're not betting big money. We're just having fun. We're picking the spreads, picking the games to keep us engaged. Um, you know, if you have a problem, 1-800-GAMBLING is available. And uh, Dylan also does counseling on the side. So just reach Ask out, guys. for help. If you are struggling, it doesn't matter your situation. It doesn't matter your condition. If you are struggling or if you need to talk to someone or if you just need any help, we recommend that you be brave be courageous and ask for help because I guarantee you your friends and family would much rather hear your problems than see anything that your problems took the best of you. So if you have any kind of issues, never be afraid to speak up and ask for help. Please do, because I promise you it is much better when you have your friends and family helping you. Agreed. Agreed, Dylan. In all seriousness, yeah, he's absolutely right. Reach out. But anyway, back to the fun. You're killing my vibe. You're killing my buzz, man. I got a cup of espresso poured. I don't have any wine. I'm going to chug this. Oh, great. Weird. You're on espresso again. That's, yeah. that's interesting. All right. Well, know what yeah. kind of pot this is going to be. <laughs> my eyes are about to pop out of my head, Dylan. We, we're getting ready to roll, baby. Let's start out with Cincinnati and your boy Ritter. Cincinnati took care of business last week, Dylan. Just to recap, uh, I think they were 22-point favorites, and all they did was show out. I think they ended up winning by four touchdowns. Look, Cincinnati finds themselves ranked number two in the country, arguably the highest ranking I've ever seen in my life. And right now they are primed to get to where they couldn't get last year, and that is to a college football playoff berth. They got to hold off the big dogs. Dylan, what did you see from Cincinnati? Can Ritter take them to that next step, and can they contend in the college football playoff down the road? I do like Cincinnati in this game. I believe a couple weeks ago when they were playing Notre Dame, I said the Notre Dame game, and at the time I would really think that the this game, the Navy game, would be the only two games that stood between them and an undefeated season. Well, they took care of Navy – or I'm sorry, they took care of uh, Notre Dame, and right now uh, Navy is actually ranked one in five, but they still run that very annoying, very weird wing T run-style play option. And – it's very tough to play against. Uh, let's just put it this way. No one really blows out, you know, 
Navy, Army, Air Force, unless you just really just have the offensive firepower to just make it happen. And I really believe that Cincinnati does have that ability because Desmond Ritter is playing at a Heisman level type. He also has the ability to elevate his draft stock where right now a lot of top ranked quarterbacks preseason are falling. You know, he's doing nothing but ascending. I thought last week was actually going to be a little bit of an issue because he was going up against Gus Malzahn and Gus Malzahn has just had a notorious way of actually defending against mobile quarterbacks with big arms. But thankfully, Desmond Ritter pulled it off. Uh, I believe they still dropped 50 in that game. Rob, I literally believe that's what they're going to have to do every step of the way for the whole rest of the season. They're going to have to score at least 50 points a game. They're going to just be in these blowout wins because they're going to need to do everything possible to not only finish undefeated, but they need to show that they actually belong in one of those four spots. If the college football playoff ended today – Cincinnati would be in and you're right this is the this is the highest they've ever been ranked inside the top 25 in their school's history so this is a very big deal for not only just the Cincinnati football team but just the program recruiting and of course Luke Fickle's job elevation you know of course I like Cincinnati in this game I expect them to win this game thankfully it is uh from what I was seeing it's on ESPN2 right at 11 a.m or you know, 11 a.m. my time, 12 p.m. your time. And you'll be able to see a little bit of how they actually have their offense rolling, you know, turn over to that game and just kind of just watch how Desmond Ritter plays and really just kind of just see how fast they actually can score and how aggressive their defense is. Yeah, I've, I've got to agree. You know, this slate is a little bit light, a little bit empty this week, but it definitely would be interesting to tune in. Bad slate, ladies and gentlemen. We, we, we apologize. A lot of the top five, I believe, are playing cupcakes, and we we found some juicy matchups, but they're literally just storyline-based matchups. They have nothing to do with, you know, play-on-play play other than, like, a couple. But, you know, we're, we're doing this for you because we care about everything that you all have to say. Yeah, we do. And so, you know, tune in, see what Ritter's going to do. It'll be interesting. You pointed out a very important fact, Dylan. They have to score, and they have to score a lot. I knew that they were going to run up the score last week. Everybody knows they've got to run it up this week with such a large spread, 28 over Navy, a team that's going to try to run the ball but might not be too successful against the better opposition in Cincinnati. Cincinnati is currently sitting at second, Dylan, but if you look behind them, you've got Oklahoma at third, 7-0. and You've got Alabama with one loss, 6-1. and coming in at the number four spot and then right outside the top four you've got ohio state five and one and you've got michigan six and oh also got penn state five and one oklahoma state six and oh michigan state seven oh so you catch my drift what i'm saying here is we know what happened to cincinnati last year luke fickle was not too happy about it the cincinnati faithful were none too happy about it i'm surprised they didn't hold the parade and crown themselves kings look they're looking at a similar situation. So what they need to do is win, win impressively, and they've got a chance to showcase that on Saturday at noon with nothing else really to watch. So it'll be very, very interesting to see what they do. Also, I wanted to ask about the Heisman right now. Dylan, is Desmond Ritter the front runner at this point, or who do you like to win that competition if the season ended today? If it ended today, I'm going with your boy uh, Bryce Young. Um, um, he has been – Tremendous these last couple days or these last couple games, excuse me. Uh, I guess Miller happened to uh, sense another dog walking by, so of course he wanted to play. It's okay, Bubba. Hey, Miller is a proud member of this pod. He can do whatever he, he wants. But um, getting back to um, the Heisman, uh, if it really ended today, I would roll with Bryce Young because again, he really responded off of the um, Texas A and M game. But a very close second, maybe a one B, would be Matt Corral. But we'll kind of talk about him a little bit later on in the podcast. But if I had to just choose, you know, a 1A, 1B, it would be Bryce Young and uh, Matt Corral. Desmond Ritter is right there. Uh, Rob, I just don't think he plays at a program where Heisman winners just kind of come and go if if you catch my drift. No, he doesn't. He really doesn't. But I think he's right there in the conversation. It's interesting that you mentioned the quarterback from Ole Miss because that's who I want to talk about next. I want to talk a little bit about LSU going into the Grove and facing an Ole Miss team that is firing on all cylinders. I also want to talk a little bit about the situation that's arising in LSU, Dylan. 
I want to talk about Coach O and the fact that he will be leaving the Tigers at the end of this year. You and I have touched on this for several weeks. We, You kind of hit it on the head when you said, you know, he's playing for his job. And you said this almost a month ago because you saw how LSU was playing. They had a couple losses that were unexpected. They started out the season ranked right around 15, expected to make a top 10 push. They found themselves outside of the top 25 really quickly. We all know that the Louisiana faithful don't accept that. They don't accept mediocrity, especially when your biggest rival is Alabama and you got to watch how successful they are. Dylan, what are what are your thoughts on what's going on with LSU? Is this a team that can compete in this game? What's the mood there with that team as they find out the news that, you know, Coach O will be gone at the end of this year? I think it was respectfully done. Uh, I've said this to a few, you know, close friends and family. Um, I think it was the right thing to do and it was the right time. And I think Eddie O even realized that as well. And him and Scott Woodward, the uh, athletic director of LSU, they just came to a mutual agreement that, hey, I'm not going to fire you midseason. And it would be really bad to try to do that, especially coming off a big win against Florida. But you can clearly see that this is not getting it done. And we're just going to have to go into another direction. And Ed Orgeron was – more than willing to do so because, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, let's not feel too bad for Eddie O. I mean, he's going to get $19 million at the end of this year just to go away. It's, oh, my you know, gosh. I mean, so if, you, if someone paid you $19 million to just go away, I'm pretty sure you would just take that money and literally run the other way. And so it's let's not feel too bad for Eddie O. What we should feel bad about is just the uh, the state of the program. Now, with LSU job opening up, this is literally the best job that's available in – or I'm sorry, I almost said Nashville. Uh, well, of course it's the best job in Nashville, but it's the also best. the best job. It's, just, it's also the best job in the nation. And the reason I say that is just uh, not only the resources, but also the lack thereof of real competition other than, you know, the Saints. But the Saints are – and the LSU Tigers are loved, you know, equally with all Louisiana natives. Um, there's not a lot of um, – places where you can really just go to really just, you know, drag in big recruits because LSU has tons of them all over the state. So you can just stay in the state and really just kind of stay in the whole South as a whole and just, you know, build a dynasty. But, and not only that, uh, Rob, when you really look back at it, um, Nick Saban, Les Miles, and now Ed Orgeron, the last three coaches at LSU have all won national championships. It is very hard for a team to say that they have had three straight head coaches that before they've been shown the door, they've at least won one national championship. Very hard to find something like that. Yeah. So LSU has the resources. They have the geographic, I guess you can say, advantage because, again, they don't really – they don't have a pro team in LSU or in Louisiana outside of the Saints, but they're loved just as equally as the professional football team, so they don't have really other, any other competition. I think this job is going to really come down with Scott Woodward. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Scott Woodward came from Texas A&M. He was actually one of the main influences that Jimbo Fisher led or left Florida State to come to Texas A&M. Um, now, if you're asking me if him and Jimbo Fisher still have that relationship, they do. They're still friends. And the last time they actually went with Texas A&M, they, actually, they didn't go through agents. They just talked. You know, Scott just gave him a call just to let him know that, hey, I'm going to be making a coaching change. I just want to let you know I'm going to be coming after you. He just did that, you know, just a respectful friend way to do. He may do the exact same thing with Jimbo now, uh, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, if you have $19 million to just make Eddie O go away, that means to tell me that your pockets are a little bit deeper. And Scott Woodward is a big fisherman, which means that he goes after big names. um, Just to put it into perspective of how big LSU women's basketball was respectable, but it wasn't to the point to where he wanted it to be. So he goes to Baylor and he pulls away a national championship winning coach and brings her to Baton Rouge. Scott Woodward is not playing around. Everyone says that, you know, coaches win games, athletic departments win national championships. That is 100% true. And Scott Woodward, he is from Baton Rouge. He went to LSU. So, this is almost his dream job, or it may be his dream job. 
he's not going to settle for anything less. And right now, Eddie O is nine and eight since the national championship. You see the recruiting hotbed. You see, unfortunately, as you point out, with the the standard being Alabama, but with the way that LSU recruits and with the way their resources are spread out amongst the boosters in the athletic department, people in LSU believe that they're right there with Alabama and that some even believe that they're above Alabama. Now that's obvious for debate and it's not going to be a a long debate, but that's just, that's just the Louisiana faithful. Like you said, Rob, like they have expectations year in and year out, but I think right now, again, it was mutually respectfully done. Eddie O needed to go. Scott Woodward is not going to make the team just completely have a losing season. I think this was the right thing to do. And right now at this point, it's all about just trying to find the next head coach who will come in and hopefully win another national championship there. Yeah. And I'm a little, I'm a little pissed off. You took my take right out of my mouth, man. I, I want to be the guy that talked about Jimbo. Yeah. No, I was talking, no man. Uh, this is, this is, this is, it's, I'm not actually mad, bro. It's, it was a great story. No, it doesn't matter. It just means that we're firing on the same neuron level, Dylan. That's all that means. You and I both were thinking Jimbo Fisher, it connected. You just happened to speak first. But I was. I was talking to somebody who was actually from Baton Rouge, somebody who was born and raised in Lafayette, Louisiana, and they were telling me the exact same thing. Because when I asked him about the job opening, I mentioned another coach in the top five. I said, hey, what about Luke Fickle? And he actually didn't know much about him. And I was like, well, this is kind of, you know, would continue his trajectory of going from bigger to bigger to bigger school, kind of like Fuente did, kind of like Mike Norvell did. I was like, I could see that. And he goes, yeah, that's cool, but I think they want Jimbo Fisher. And me, not being as smart as you, I was like, wait, what? So then we started talking about it. I I thought about it, and I was like, wow, that does make a lot of sense. Now, obviously, if you start to search for that, you'll see a lot of headlines talking about what you just said. So, you know, how how big is the reality that it is going to be Jimbo and if they don't get Jimbo, could you see LSU going after a guy like Fickle, or do you think they would have someone else in mind? I think Jimbo is a legitimate possibility because it's really hard to trust coaches that say, I'm happy where I'm at, I want to stay here, whatever. Like They give you the, the word salad, as they like to call it. Um, Nick Saban did the exact same thing when he was in Miami and said, I'm not taking the Alabama job. Two weeks later, rest is history. Uh, just you mentioned Justin Fuente with Memphis. He said he loves building what they have in Memphis. Job opening comes up, he leaves. Luke Fickle. Um, I can see him coming to the SEC. He just looks at me as a Big Ten guy. I feel like he would really want the Ohio State job more than anything. But obviously, Ryan Day's not going anywhere. I could see him wanting to try to dip his toe into the SEC. Um, If I was his agent, I would be screaming to take that job because we all know how much just money the SEC as a whole just prints out to their coaches and to their, their athletic department. I mean, it's, it's insane. It's almost like minor league NFL like for the SEC. And there's a reason that the SEC's motto is it just means more. Now, that doesn't mean that other teams in the conferences can not beat SEC teams. I mean, UCLA beat LSU on the opening weekend, and that was after Eddie O is making making these kids feel ridicule when he says that they're wearing sissy blue shirts. (laughs) But it's, it's different now because, Rob, with this transfer portal, it's almost even... It's almost even the playing field, and that's where, like, I feel like these coaches are going to kind of take advantage of that because they can say, like, all right, well, you know, you were a four or five star recruit, and but you got you just got beat out by this four or five star recruit at wherever. Well, come over here, you can transfer and you can play immediately. Now, I didn't want to ever say this in front of Justin Stanley because I didn't really want to ruffle his feathers too much, but he's going to listen to this pod, and eventually he's going to know what what I'm talking about. Right now, do you really think that Penn State would love to have Will Levis? And for those of you that don't know, Will Levis is the starting quarterback for Kentucky. Of course. Last year, Will Levis was a backup to Sean Clifford. And 
right now, Will Levis is playing better. Now, Sean Clifford's hurt, but Will Levis is better. But this, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm getting way off topic. But getting You're back, way to off the, target, just, Dylan. Get I'm, back on I'm, track, man. I'm sorry, yes, I, I'm sorry. That's that's the whiskey again, Robinson. It's the whiskey. Uh, but getting back to the coaching deal, I think that Luke Fickle can again dip his toe into the SEC because he's going to get paid more money. I just think that Scott Woodward is going to take as much time as he needs to just land not only a big name, but someone who's possibly going to stay around for a while. Like he, he may even dip his toe into the NFL, you know, because with LSU, again, that's, I feel like that's a job that even L, some LSU coaches will leave to even volunteer Joe Brady. I could definitely see that. That is quite the spicy take. But, Dylan, we haven't even – I feel really disrespectful to any Ole Miss fans out there. We haven't talked about them at all. I know it's a lot going on in Baton Rouge, but they actually do have a football game to play. LSU is playing Mississippi. Ole Miss ranked number 12 in the nation. They're trying to make a push. Ole Miss is favored by nine points in this one. Matt Corral is playing better than you know almost every other quarterback in the nation. Do you think that Mississippi can win this game by nine? And and what do you think that they have to do to get the job done? This is another Heisman watch game for Matt Corral. So he's had three so far, or I'm sorry, this will be his third. So his first one was against uh, Arkansas when he put up those video game-like numbers. And the next game was the very next week against Tennessee when he does what he does at Tennessee. Don't worry, fans. We're going to talk about Tennessee later. And then this week – he goes up against LSU, which, again, this could be another Heisman watch game for him because LSU doesn't play any defense. Now, we said last week, or I'm sorry, a couple weeks ago, that LSU just refuses to run the ball, and last week they go on and break a record for most rushing yards in a game. And it's it's really weird how the SEC is formed and the coaching that just goes on in the SEC. However, with this I do look at this as being not only a good stepping stone for Matt Corral Rob I feel like this will be an even better stepping stone for Lane Kiffin because if Lane Kiffin can beat LSU I feel like his name comes into the conversation as well it's like all right well if you can't land Jimbo from Aggieland Oxford is not a bad choice either and you can draw Lane in, but I feel like with this, I'm going to roll with Ole Miss. I'm going to say if Matt Corral plays, now there are reports that he may not. If Matt Corral plays, then mm-hmm. I will take Ole Miss winning this game. If he doesn't play, I'll pick LSU winning this game. I don't know. I think I think I agree with you there. I think if Matt Corral plays, I think that Ole Miss wins this game. Uh, pretty easily. I think that they also cover the nine points. I just don't think the LSU can stop anyone. So it really comes down to will Mississippi have their main guy under center. Dylan, we do have another uh, big game coming up in the afternoon slate. It's a game between the unbeaten Oklahoma State Cowboys. They have to travel to Iowa and face the Iowa State Cyclones. Oklahoma State is ranked number eight in this one, but they come in as seven-point road dogs. The time travelers, as you like to call them, the aliens, they seem to think that Iowa State – excuse me, I almost said Ohio State – that Iowa State is going to win this game. Who do you like in this matchup? What should we be looking for? And can Iowa State get back to that preseason form and pull off the big upset on Saturday? There is an upset happening, and it is going to reside in Ames, Iowa. Iowa State is going to be – Oklahoma State and the reason that I'm predicting that is because Iowa State and their coach Matt Campbell have been in this position before where they were favored at home against a ranked team and they eventually won the only reason I know that is because it was against Oklahoma yeah and yeah I'm I'm glad you know that as well I remember (laughs) yes so This is a chance for them to do the exact same thing. This game is midday. It's in, again, it's in Ames. So Oklahoma State has to go on the road. Matt Campbell, Brock Purdy, and Reese Hall, they are all used to this type of spotlight. They're all used to this type of game. It's not going to scare them. They're not going to back away. I think the defense will actually step up with this game a little more for Iowa State than I will Oklahoma State, so I'm actually 
leaning towards Iowa State from the defense perspective, but just saying with that leadership that they have at quarterback, running back, and head coach also should make them feel confident about going into this game as well. Yeah, this one will be a lot of fun to watch. I kind of think that the way that Oklahoma State has played with their offensive side of the ball kind of up and down, I just don't know if they can go in there and pull it off. It'll definitely be one to watch. Definitely big implications for the Big 12 moving forward. So, you know, I don't know. We'll just we'll have to keep an eye on it. I like the pick, Dylan. I do think Iowa State can win this one. I don't think that I take them with the points, though. I think if I'm a gambling man, which I am, I think I'm taking Oklahoma State with the points. I think Iowa State wins a close one. I don't think they win by seven. Um, let's go to another matchup that is also in the Big 12. This one is pretty one-sided, Dylan, and the storyline here is not the number three-ranked Oklahoma Sooners going to Kansas to face the one and five Jayhawks. No, it's not. That's actually not a game. I'll have to check on the spread, which I just had pulled up. This is more interesting, Dylan, because what OU has now is a completely different identity on the offensive side of the ball. This is a team that is starting to look like a Lincoln-Riley team. This is a team that made the switch last week. They were mum on it all week long. They announced on the weekend that Caleb Williams, the true freshman phenom, would be the starting quarterback. And, man, he delivered. Dylan, he came out firing. The guy was electric with his legs, with his arm. The ball just comes out of his hand a little bit differently. I'm going to be watching this game strictly from the standpoint of this guy will be playing on Sundays one day. And, yeah, it just it's brought a whole new fire and energy to Norman that we didn't have before. It'll be interesting to see if Oklahoma can do what they need to do, which is put up big points, blow this game out, and just kind of stake their claim in that, that top three position as they uh, move towards the college football playoff. I totally agree. Um this game, well, I guess you can say that this uh, scrimmage is going to be <laughs> just a way to just show how great Caleb Williams is. What we're watching for, obviously, is what's going to happen with Spencer Rattler. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you can, because if I sure can't, I'm pretty confident that very few people could remember as well. I can't think of a time where someone was ranked as a preseason Heisman favorite, number one pick, and they get benched, and the replacement comes in and could also look like a potential Heisman winner and future, not current, but future, number one overall pick. That's very rare, but that's also a testament to how great Lincoln Riley is at attracting big-time talent. The fact that you can have a true freshman where Rob and I even said off air during the 2020 year, he didn't even play his senior year of high school. Wow. So after his junior year of high school, he sits out his entire senior year. He comes to Norman and the first game he comes into, well, he's, he, he, was, he was sprinkled in in a little game here and there, but the first game he really came into to really take the spotlight was the Red River rivalry game. And we all saw down 28-7, to but doesn't matter. He comes back and he wins it for him in the biggest game of Oklahoma's season. Well, the main storyline with this is how does it continue? Because last week, Rob, you pointed out, he played spectacular. Team looks totally different. There's a new energy. There's a new juice. There's just – there's this new feeling that Lincoln Riley has like, okay, the team's – this is the team that everyone was talking about preseason that could potentially win the national championship and knock off Alabama. Well, right now it's at least flirting with the idea. And we just need to see how Caleb continues to grow within the play calling and within the game flow. Now, this isn't the game to really think that, you know, it's all about the season, but it's not for Caleb but it is for Spencer Rattler. I'm just waiting on that moment that my phone lights up and just says Spencer Rattler enters the transfer portal. I'm actually kind of surprised it hasn't popped up, but I feel like it will. I feel like he will, you know, take this on the chin and then transfer. And then next year, instead of going into the draft, he'll just, he'll play one year for whoever and, try to win a national championship. If he was smart, he would try to do everything he can to go to like Georgia or something like that. But what, that's a different discussion for another different pod. Um, but right now, you know, Lincoln Riley is just managing two quarterbacks that obviously only one of them gets to play. 
one of them has been benched and doesn't look right. It just doesn't look like he's taking care of the ball. The other one, the teammates are better around him. You know, the, the playbook is a little bit more open with him, and he's a little bit more bold than the other guy. So it's it's no question. I'm strictly focused on within this game. I'm going to be just strictly focused on how does Caleb just elevate, you know, because, again, it, it, it's a scrimmage. So it's not a real game. It's a scrimmage. So yeah. let's just see how you are with elevating with, uh, you know, progressive reads. Let's see how you are with check downs. Let's see how you are with um, – Calling audibles. Let's see how you are at uh, checking off the hot or the hot route, or even just uh, identifying coverages and, and blitzes. This is just another game where Caleb just needs to just you know get smarter within the game. I mean, he does. This is a showcase game. This whole weekend is kind of a showcase for the big dogs. You've got a bunch of big schools beating up on smaller schools, and you you said everything there is to say about Caleb Williams, Dylan. He is eighteen years old. And I know that the rest of the nation isn't focused on OU like we are. They probably didn't see him play the last two weeks. But, again, the eye test. When I see it, I'll tell you what I see. And this kid is 18 and already, you know, better than Spencer Rattler. And that's no knock on Rattler. But for a team that was struggling to score more than 20 points, that's not that's not the OU way. Not in the era of air raid offenses, spread offenses, and the Big 12. So, it seems like this team has regained their identity a little bit, and guess what? They're going to need every bit of 30, 40 points, something like that, to compete with these big teams because they don't have the defense that Georgia has. They don't even have the defense that a young, inexperienced Alabama has. In order to compete with any of these guys down the road, they're going to need a guy like Caleb Williams to light up the scoreboard. So a lot of buzz in Norman. Before we move on, I do want to touch on the spread. I have the spread, Dylan, at 38 and a half points. Let me tell you guys something. If you ever see a spread at 38 and a half points and you bet the favorite, I don't care if Kansas is one in five, they're a road favorite of 38 and a half. Do you guys think I'm seriously going to bet Oklahoma with six touchdowns? Not a chance. I'm taking Kansas. I'm taking the points. I'm going to just sit there and watch Caleb Williams. He might get pulled early. You never know. They might run up the score early. Then Kansas gets a backdoor cover. But six touchdowns is a lot. I don't care if Kansas is one and five. I just there's just no way I can touch that. It would be funny if Caleb gets pulled and then Spencer comes in and balls out. Because <laughs> now it's just an even bigger conversation. Yeah, just, they just have happen. a yeah. That would that be. Happen. Well, that would be an actual scrimmage, Dylan, so don't wish that upon me. And then they score like 90, and they set like a record for the most points scored or something, and it's like 90 to 10, and I lose the bet, and then I'm sad all day. So um, let's not, you know. More espresso. <laughs> no, no more espresso. No, no more. I- I've had obviously too much. I'm running on like two and a half hours of sleep. I decided to go to the gym at 3.30 in the morning for some reason, man. So it's just it- – I am. Psychopath, too. Yes, I am. You ever seen American? Yes, but psychopath. Have you ever seen American Psycho? No, but Christian Bale. Oh well, Christian Bale. Yes, of course. Yeah, he's the he's the killer. You don't know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking. about. Am I that old? You don't know what a movie I'm talking about, Dylan. I need more. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's Halloween. It's October. Don't tell me you don't know American Psycho. I do know American Psycho. I was just actually alluding to how uh, my love of uh, the show Criminal Minds was kind of emulating to that. So I watch a lot of, uh, you know, detective shows. I listen to serial killer podcasts each and every day. I mean, can you detect the sadness in my voice? Can you detect that? No, because there doesn't. I mean, you, I mean, you sound happy all the time, so it's really hard to just figure out just when you're upset. Now, you'll know when I'm upset, but I, I've, I yeah. can't remember the last time I've heard you upset. No, I'm not upset. We're just two happy guys, two happy boys, two gay boys. Gay used to mean happy back in the day, not gay as in anyway. Uh, moving on, Dylan. We have another game to talk about. That was the espresso talking. Don't don't mind me, folks. We got to talk about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has a, a pretty important game. They're playing the Clemson Tigers. Clemson goes into Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh ranked in the top 25. Clemson finds themselves on the outside looking in. I don't have a whole lot to say about these two teams, Dylan, except for that I think Pittsburgh is going to win this game. I don't think it's going to be close. DJ Alugalele, he has um, 
you know, he has underperformed this year. I don't want to pile on this kid. These are indeed kids, but I can't help but seeing the video. It was on TikTok. Yeah, sorry, folks. It was on TikTok. It was a video of Dabo flying in a helicopter with DJ and just kind of showing him, you know, the stadium, the city, and the place that he was going to plant his flag as the next great quarterback. Well, unfortunately, every time I see Clemson play, I get this image of a smiling and happy Dabo welcoming his new quarterback to the team, and then I remember how badly they've performed. This was a team last week that played Syracuse, and I think that game was 17-14 in a game that they should have lost. Dylan and I watched that game. People are like, Rob, why do you watch these terrible Friday night games? Because I watch all the games, man. If there's football on, I try to watch it. I put a few dollars on it. Again, 1-800-GAMBLING. I put $5 on it. It makes me watch the game. It's a lot of fun. And like I said, Clemson just – I root for them, man, but the chemistry is just not there. You saw uh, Ross, the receiver, shaking his head at one point on a missed throw from Ugalele. You see just – everything seems a little bit off. It's just quite not quite right with this team. So I don't think that they can beat Pittsburgh on the road, and um, I think it's just going to continue to add to the disappointment for this team. Oh, yes. Uh, Right now, Clemson is not who they have been, not just the last three years, but you can make the argument the last decade, Uh, even with uh, Taj Boyd, you know, setting the path for other quarterbacks to kind of just elevate the Clemson brand. You know, this guy, you know, like you kind of alluded to, was almost almost just given the keys to the Lamborghini without even taking a driver's test. Like he was just anointed the next guy but it has just taken such a fall from grace. There's uh, Again, I really don't – I'm about the same mindset as you, Rob. I really don't want to pile too much onto Clemson because, again, like they're, they're just dealing with their own problems. I mean, hell, even before this podcast, we were talking about outside of the loss to North Carolina State, they've only scored 20 points once, and it was against a lower sub-level football team which means that there's fbs and then there's fcs fcs is the lower tier they molly the fcs team of course but the other tier teams that they are on the same level of playing with they've only scored 20 points once and that is really hard to believe with a clemson led style offense now is dabo kind of already starting to see the wheels fall off is this way? Is this his way of kind of just pushing to the fact that he may want to go to another Death Valley? But ding, ding, that's a, ding. That's a whole different conversation. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I didn't want to say anything off air because I know you wanted to really get that specifically for the pod. So that's I why did. I kept that off there. I'm, I'm, but I, I definitely wanted to touch on. That. That's why I was like, hey, let's talk about Clemson and Pittsburgh. I, that may be a good thing to talk about. But again, that's another name that should definitely be out there with Pittsburgh I believe that they're going to win the ACC championship I believe that they are the best team Uh, Kenny Pickett is showing that he could possibly be the top elevated quarterback as far as going from a no-name prospect who no one was even talking about to he's this first round pick that it's like oh how can you miss this guy play I don't think he'll be a top pick. I mean, hell, he may be. It just really depends on how the system really falls through. But, you know, right now he's at least playing his way into the first round, and he's leading Pittsburgh. I believe they've only lost one game. And, I mean, Rob, can we really call this game an upset if the ranked team beats the unranked team? (laughs) No, I don't think we can. Yeah. Okay, well, in that case, I guess uh, this is a regular matchup where the – football team of Pittsburgh beats the football team of Clemson, but the brand of Pittsburgh is still not as national championship winning as Clemson. But in this specific game, Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Panthers, they take it to Dabo Sweeney into the uh, Clemson Tigers. Yeah, it will be a sad day to be a Clemson fan because you wouldn't have thought that you would lose to Pittsburgh, but I see it the same way you do. This will definitely be a time for Kenny Pickett to kind of showcase himself and his talent. Um, They are three-point favorites at home, so it's probably a game I will tune into. I'll definitely tune into it. I don't think I'm going to bet on this one, 
I might. Three isn't that much, and I, I don't. I just don't think Clemson's good, man. I have made. Um, I think I'm three for three betting against Clemson this year, folks. So Ooh. fade me on all my other picks. Ooh. What did I just jinx myself? No, I just I oh. mean, three for three. Like that's literally like like that's a hundred percent. I mean, are you the reason that Clemson is the reason oh, that Clemson is? I am. Dylan, oh I am. Don't oh tell boy. Dabo. I am. Oh Listen, boy. if you're a Tigers fan. Hey, whatever fan, gets him closer to the real Death Valley, I'm in. <laughs> Wait, okay. You're an LSU fan. Let's break this down. You want Dabo as your coach? Who do you want? You got Jimbo or Dabo. You get your pick right now. Who do you want? Oh, that's a discussion for another different No, planet, Sarah. we're we bringing it here. Along. We, we do. What we're, hey, we're almost we there. The listeners along. understand we are almost done. We have the listeners just a, understand, but we have to move along. No, I want to know. Who do you want? Gun to your head right now. Pick Between one. who? All right, well, if the gun's to my head, can I at least get the re- repeated question? You know, I'm already I guess. anxious about the gun to my head. Can I at least hear the question again? <laughs> Russian roulette, baby. Dabo or Jimbo? The end in, they both end in bow. Which one do you want? They both, you know, really talk. You know, they both talk really, really fast. And they both, you know, they, I think they both have ranches as well. All right, well, if that's the case, I would definitely want Dabo. Okay. Interesting. I'm gonna have to pitch Just that. Just because I would my... really want that he, I know that he would bring a slide to LSU facilities, and who doesn't love an adult <laughs> size slide? I'm talking like a Google workspace slide. <sighs> Dylan, it's you know your toys. These are, are things. That, these are things that I worry about and that no. I look at. You're a Toys R Us kid, and you need to grow up, man. You know, it's just Never. forget about the slides. Forget Never. about the slides. Listen, let's slide on over to. The last matchup that I really want to talk about, again, life schedule, folks, thanks for joining us here. But I want to talk a little bit about the guy you mentioned earlier. Once again, my favorite player in college football sucks. He's only a sophomore because I'd love to see him on the Eagles. But I want to talk about Tennessee Volunteers going into Tuscaloosa to face the number four ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. I mean, it, it it sucks again. I'm, I'm laughing because I think about all the Tennessee fans in Tennessee. And according to you, Dylan, they're going to listen to this. So uh, sorry in advance. This is not going to be fun. Okay. It's going to be a long night. You don't get the joy of Neyland Stadium, 100,000 Rocky Tops. You get none of that. You had your Rocky Top last week. You got to throw trash and go golfing and enjoy the comforts of life, you know, that you're offered whenever you lose to Lane Kiffin. You got to enjoy all that. But now what you get to enjoy is something a little bit different. You get to enjoy pain and suffering. They're going to go into Tuscaloosa and they're just going to get absolutely steamrolled, man. The spread here is 25. I'll be honest, big spreads, they kind of make me nervous. I think I like the spread here, man. I, I doubted Alabama before on a big spread after they burnt me with the A&M game. I think that was their letdown game of the year. I think that they run this score up. I think that Bryce Young, again, showcases why he is the best quarterback in all of college football right now. He is a true mobile athlete, an elite uh, quarterback who can go through all his reads, go through all his progressions, and they just way too much talent, man. I don't know what more else I can say about Alabama. I've been on this train all year long, Dylan. You would think I was an Alabama fan. So it, it's going to be a long night for the volunteers. Over under is 68. 100, yeah. Yeah, that's – to me, I would actually just kind of go under because I feel like Tennessee will actually kind of keep this competitive. Rob, I feel like the biggest uh, difference maker would be Hendon Hooker because in the beginning of this year, Josh Heupel's offense was kind of staggering because they weren't hitting on deep shots down the field. Well, with Hendon Hooker, they're having the ability to take those deep shots. And we saw with the Texas A&M game, the one thing Alabama kind of struggles with right now is you know, deep shots downfield, specifically in man coverage. So if Tennessee has the ability to run the ball – then their play action can actually play a benefactor into taking those deep shots downfield. Do I think Tennessee is going to win this game? No, I do not. I feel like Alabama is on a mission, specifically now that Will Anderson said what I was alluding to a few weeks ago, that everyone needs to fo- or put football first. And that saying, without saying, stop with NIL and focus on the game. 
And right now, it's, I mean, you saw what happened with Mississippi State. I feel like the same thing would have kind of happened in Tennessee, but Tennessee will make this game competitive. Hendon Hooker will make the plays to keep this game competitive, but this is Nick Saban's team against a Jaipal team. So at that point, you always take the national championship winning coach. Sorry, Tennessee fans. Yeah, sorry, Tennessee fans, because I'm going to pile on. I'm feeling a little frisky, and it ain't from the whiskey, Dylan. It's from the espresso. Look, the last time Tennessee was competitive was 2015. It was 19-14, to and they didn't win that game. The last time Tennessee beat Alabama was in 2006. I was seven years old back then, Dylan. That was a long time ago. So let's let's count this. Let's let's go win hunting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I don't know too many. Basically, in 15 straight matchups, Alabama has beat the brakes out of Tennessee. Here's some scores from last year, 48-17, then it was 35-13, 58-21, 45-7. Tennessee was ranked number nine in 2016 in Knoxville, and Alabama beat them 49-10. to So as I already previously stated, I understand that it's the, you know, the cute pick. We've got to appease the listeners, Hendon Hooker this, and Alabama not going to win by that much. Yes, they are. It's – it's, it's not going to be fun to be a Vols fan. But, hey, look, there's always next year. Maybe you guys can get a, a nice head coach like Lane Kiffin or somebody in that caliber to kind of move this program along. Because no, they, like, just... they, they like Heupel. The, okay. right now, I, mean, if, if, I feel like if Tennessee finish, finishes 7-5. and five, That's a win. That's a good year, that's a good year yes. Weren't they thinking the same thing, though, when Butch finished and they were like 7-5 and five and they were like next year's our year and – haven't we well, been hearing this doing it since Manning. Peyton Manning left? Well, we're thinking that with Jeremy Pruitt as well, and I was I was convinced of Jerry, Jeremy Pruitt as well. But you yeah. know that I've, I've liked Jeremy Pruitt since he was uh, in Hoover High School. You know, he he had always been a really great coach, and wherever he went, usually produced a championship winning style season and specific defense. But that was just a, a train wreck and a bombshell that just left. Tennessee in shambles, but right now Josh Heupel's at least trying to make do with what he has. He just needs like one or two recruiting classes just to really show what he can do. It's just the Tennessee fan base is a blue blood fan base, and they feel as though they should be competing for championships year in and year out. And it just hasn't worked that way. And it it hasn't worked that way not just with Jeremy Pruitt, but also uh, you know making Philip Fulmer the AD and. You know, we don't even need to talk about Derek Dooley and a few other questionable coaching hires. You know, I mean, the Tennessee fan base can more likely touch on that more than we can right now. It's a, it's there's really no need. This game, yeah, Alabama is definitely going to win. I just hope for Tennessee's sake and for Hendon Hooker's sake, they can make it competitive. Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot again with a little game we call uh, Gun to the Head. Alabama's favored by 25, Dylan. Do they cover this spread? You're saying that Tennessee is going to be competitive. What does competitive mean to you? Can Tennessee keep this thing within three touchdowns? Yes. Okay, so we're, we're split. I, I can see this being like a 42-21 matchup. Okay. I I can see that too. Now that you're actually like spelling it out and you're giving me the game score, the prediction, now I'm kind of questioning my Alabama covering the points pick, but I'll definitely keep an eye on it. Maybe the line will move a little bit between now and tomorrow. I hope it does. I hope it moves down. But interesting. So we'll we'll stay split on this one. I'm going to roll with the tide. You're going to roll with the volunteers. Listen, guys, it's all jokes. I'm not really trying to pile on the, the Tennessee program as a whole. I always liked them. Phil Fulmer, Peyton Manning. I thought it was great. I have uh, no real dog in the hunt. I am a Sooners fan, and we don't play any defense. So uh, you guys are definitely already better in that sense. Dylan, that's pretty much it for games that I wanted to keep an eye on this week. It's been fun. It's been real. As always, man, thank you for doing this. I can't wait to sit down tomorrow and just kind of, you know, see how the landscape unfolds as we move further along in the college football season oh absolutely i will be enjoying my day off i look forward to you know scrolling all up and down money lines and betting favorites even though i don't bet anymore i definitely (laughs) love helping people win money yeah (laughs) or i guess uh, lose money because uh you know joseph has told us that any 
any any team we talk about, he's placing the bets. So that's oh, Joseph. No. You enjoy that. You enjoy that ride, man. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk to you about it as the time goes. So, thank you all for coming along with us. We again ask you to like, comment, subscribe. Go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Type in for the boys. You'll see that we're in a premium spot, and that's a again a very big testament to you. We enjoy doing this. We enjoy really scheduling this out. Uh, Rob and I were talking about how, you know, <laughs> Rob was just like, man, like I can only really handle, you know, three episodes per week. <laughs> it's like we probably need to kind of just, you know, keep this how it is. But, you know, I mean, but again, we love doing this. We love taking the time to really educate you and really just kind of see things the way that we see them. And hopefully it just gives you a better insight and a better knowledge of the game. Yeah, we we can't thank you enough for following along with us and uh, helping us build our brand. Thank you, Dylan. We appreciate that. As always, please give us a like, a rate, and a review. Tell your friends. Dylan, it's been great. The coffee is great. I'm going to go watch a little bit of this Denver game, which Denver is actually down 7 nothing already to the replacements. So... Um, replacements yeah it's <laughs> you, you can already name them the replacement i mean yeah. i feel like that would be better i mean because you know there's really only one person that can beat dallas and with a group of replacements and we are a shane falco podcast for <laughs> sure. yes sir man so enjoy the you know oh, i was gonna say you know pain heels chick stick scars and you know glory lasts forever we definitely need to again make it a real Flacco podcast. <laughs> hey, that you can dress up as Shane Falco for um for Halloween, Dylan. How's oh no, that? man! You already seen my Halloween get up, man. It looks good, man. Oh. Man, you already seen that look. Hey, hey, for all our listeners, it's a good thing that this isn't a video podcast. Dylan, have a good night, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Boomer sooner, baby. I'm out. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.